0: Good morning, church. There is life in this church today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We get to enter into his courts with praise. We come together and we collectively. Join our voices of gratitude, of worship, of honor, of magnifying the king together. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and this privilege, Father God, and the ability to gather together to worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, rise up in us. Thank you, Lord. Give us a shout of of thanks this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are here. Thank you, Lord, that you are moving. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God that is alive. Thank you, Lord, and that you don't miss a thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have the bigger picture. Thank you, Lord, that you see all the details. Thank you, Lord, that you're able to hold us in this moment and to move us forward as we are willing to allow you to do. In each and every one of us thank you lord thank you lord that you love us right where we are and thank you lord that you love us enough to move us forward and to change us and to transform us into your likeness thank you lord thank you lord we just worship you to today together lord your song Together, let's praise the Lord with the expression of our bodies this morning, as long as well as our voices. Amen. Let's sing. Let everything that is breath praise the Lord.
1: Praise the Lord. Let everything that is breath praise the, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord with authority, with everything. On. praise the lord with everything that has breath praise the lord praise the lord i praise in the valley I'll praise on the mountain
2: i praise when i'm sure I'll praise when i'm doubting come on i'll praise when i'm numbered I'll praise when, when, numbered. Praise when, when surrounded, surrounded.
1: The waters my enemies the water drowning. Drowning. as long as i'm breathing as long as i'm breathing i've got a reason
0: Praise when I feel it.
1: I'll praise when I don't. I'll
2: praise cause I know you're still in control. Yes, Lord. My
3: praise is a weapon. It's more than a sound.
2: We believe it. My praise is a shout that brings Jericho down.
1: As long as I'm breathing. As long as I'm breathing, I got a reason to pray. The Lord,
2: oh my soul.
0: on deeper praise yes Holy Spirit there's more that you want to yeah. there's more water that you want to stir up from the inside of us Lord turn that disappointment into praise turn that waiting into praise thank you Lord we turn that unknowing into praise we turn the unknown into praise come on this is why i praise cause you're sovereign praise because you reign
2: praise because you rose and defeated the grave i'll praise because you're faithful praise because you're true praise because there's nobody greater than you come on i'll praise because you're sovereign praise because you reign praise because you rose and defeated the grave i'll praise because you're faithful praise because you're true There's nobody greater than you Praise the Lord, oh my soul God.
1: sovereign praise cause you reign praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. I'll praise cause
2: you're faithful praise cause you're true praise cause there's nobody do you believe in this morning I'll praise cause you're sovereign praise cause you reign, Come on praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. I'll praise cause you're faithful praise cause you're true praise cause there's nobody greater than you The Lord of my soul. could I keep it inside?
1: that is that has breath praise the lord praise the lord let everything that has breath praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord
2: oh yes we
4: praise you lord we praise lord with everything we praise you lord with everything we praise you lord with everything we praise you lord with everything everything... Amen. Oh. Tell your soul to praise my faithful is
0: on fire with his word sing it out we listen to the sound
2: of power on my lips jesus has broken the curse he has never lost a battle not
5: low.
2: Jesus defeated the darkness he has never lost a battle Strong never lost a battle, and who are you, great mountain, that you should not bow low, Jesus defeated the darkness, he has never lost a battle.
4: to bear
6: power or whether you dwell in his power Come on, you're going to have to determine it because God has designed his children to dwell dwell in his power dwell in his authority that's why he broke the curse that's why Jesus broke the curse nothing has dominion over you anymore that's why he told the first person Jesus talked to after his resurrection do you know who that was Who was it? Who? Mary. What did he say to Mary? Go and tell. Go to the male disciples and tell them, I'm risen. (laughs) Mary, I've given you authority to go and tell. I paid for it. I broke the curse. Now, whether the world's ready for that or not, That's their problem. I broke the curse. I broke the curse. I broke the curse. That's why you can say to the winds and the waves, listen to me, winds and waves. You shall be silent. Some of you, you're letting your circumstances or the people in your life that are fleshly toss you. Toss you. Toss you. Jesus has broken the curse. And he says, dwell in my power. But you can't do it unless you dwell in his presence. Dwell in the Holy Spirit. You do not function in his power in and of yourself. It is not human power. Not like the world tells you. You have the divine in you. No, you, you don't. Unless you have the Holy Spirit in you. Come on want you to be seated. Well, we're not done. <laughs> you know what? We're in a new season. I'm going to tell you that. Every time I'm like, I'm in a new season. I feel different. I think different. I expect different. Come on, so, come on. last Sunday I talked about defeating the flesh and walking in the spirit. We don't have that over us. So I didn't have time last Sunday to talk about what the Lord had spoken to me on my birthday, the word that he had given to me, but the Lord didn't want me to say it last week. He wanted me to say it this week. And he gave me just one word. I'm going to share it with you because it has to do with you, has to do with this house, has to do with you who call this your home, my partners that listen online, that are in ministry throughout the world, and this is what he said to me early morning, I woke up october 17th i'd received some other words from some of my spiritual godly sisters beautiful words but god just gave me one word and he said to me catapult so i had to look it up i knew what it meant because i remember in those old like movies where they have a catapult so that they can defeat the enemy so they toss whatever into the other place what I don't know what do they toss a big stone I don't know what they're tossing over there but he said catapult so I looked it up and and it says it's a verb and a noun a verb means to hurl launch but in a specific direction the noun is it's much like a big slingshot a forked stick with an elastic band to shoot stones. Now, I said to the Lord, Which one is this, Lord? Is it a verb? Is it a noun? What are you saying? And he said, Both. You're going to be catapulted and you're going to catapult others. Yes. But what was interesting about this, it was specific. It's not a messy catapult. You have. A specific place where you are directing that which you're catapulting which was interesting because at the women's retreat the word that the Lord gave me was the axe head and if you remember the story of the axe head when Elisha asked where did the axe head fall he took the stick and he just didn't throw it anywhere he put it in the place where the axe head had fallen And the Lord reminded me of that to say that there will be words that are specific, but it's also the benefit of catapulting is you go from one place to another very quickly. To catapult means you're kind of flying in the air in a direction to get to the other side, potentially most of the time. There's a barrier in the way. That's why you're catapulting, to overcome the barrier. So the Lord's downloading to me. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to read to you some scripture. Because we're new, this is a new season in this house, and it's unlike any other ever. And the Lord is telling me that there are those of you that he has matured to a place that he wants, he's expecting some different things from you. (laughs) And he reminds me of Joshua because in the story of Joshua, as we know it, we know that he brings Israel into the land, to their promised land. And the truth is this he doesn't ask them if they want to go, he tells them. And they go. They're circumcised, they go. But let me say this after Joshua is done with getting them in and fighting battles and showing them who their God is, he comes to the place. Joshua 24 where he says now now it's time for you to do this on your own choose you this day who you're gonna serve I've shown you his power you followed the directives sometimes they disobeyed God disciplined them they learned they moved on they've just received their portion but in their portion In their portion, they were now responsible to do everything that they had learned to do. Joshua wasn't going to go, let me hold your hand, Ephraim. Let me hold your hand, Levi. Let me hold your hand, Judah. Let me hold whatever. He said, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn not to visit power, but to dwell in it okay and the Lord gave me this word this is for you and for me but it's really a lot for you he says this your strength listen, I want you to listen your strength and success moving forward will have to do with your unwavering obedience not mine yours. Because many of you have participated here and there. I'm I'm just going to get real. Lord, may I speak this word with all meekness? Because this, I said, Lord, do I really have to say this? And Lord said, it's for their best interest. This is for their best interest. These words are to benefit you, that in your obedience you have wavered. And the Lord is saying now because I have grown you and I have shown you and you have seen with your own eyes that's why you're still in this house you've seen miracles you've seen the fruit of the land now it's time for your unwavering obedience because it will depend upon whether you will have success and strength moving forward then the Lord reminded me of a word, a dream that I had and and he reminded me because I was looking for something else and I actually told David I came across the dream that I had on March 7th, 2020. March 7th, 2020. And actually That dream I shared with this church on the last Sunday before the government shut down the gatherings I shared it with you go back look and this is the dream and I'm gonna tell you what it meant at the time and what it means now I said I had a dream I was on a bus I was to get off the bus with a friend to meet a friend at a juncture a crosswalk I got off the bus and began to walk through the crosswalk with my friend and when I looked at her I saw her crossbody purse And, and then I realized I didn't have my purse which was a larger purse I had left it on the bus I looked and the bus was still there loading passengers so I ran back to the bus to see if my purse was still there it was under the seat in front of me hidden out of sight to others i grabbed it and hurried off the bus to my friend who was waiting in the crosswalk for me i then looked into the purse to see if my wallet was still in there and it was and it was bursting with cash my friend and i were so happy we journeyed on our way that was a dream in march 7th and i asked the lord what does this mean and this is what he said at the time now, remember, this was before we paid off our mortgage. This is when things were going to go south. Come on, this is when in the school, 40 kids were going to withdraw in a week. This was before that. I will satisfy your financial commitments as you sow into the nations. This was when I raised money from the Mackay house, when all of that was going on. And the Lord said, I have set my affection on you Woo. Deuteronomy 10 15 you write it down every scripture write it down if you think you know what this is gonna be my word Deuteronomy 10 15 yet the Lord set his affection on your ancestors and loved them and he chose you their descendants above all the nations as it as it is today Deuteronomy 10 16 through 19 circumcise your hearts therefore and do not be stiff-necked any longer circumcise your heart very important because that means flesh is turned uh, torn away from your affections can I say that again the flesh the things of the world the material things they're torn away from your affections therefore and do not be stiff-necked any longer for the lord your god is god above gods and lord of lords the great god mighty and awesome who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes he defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you giving them food and clothing and you are to love those who are foreigners for you yourself were foreigners in egypt deuteronomy 11 11 through 15 but the land you are crossing, see this word God gave to those that were going to cross into the Jordan. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is the land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So if, if, you faithfully obey the commands obedience so if you faithfully obey the commands i'm giving you today to love the lord your god and to serve him with all your heart and affections with all your soul then i will send rain on your land in it's season, both autumn and spring rain so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil i will provide grass in the fields for your cattle and you will eat and be satisfied. Deuteronomy 15:6. When the Lord your God blesses you as he has promised you, then you will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. You will rule over many nations, but they will not rule over you. Verse 10, Deuteronomy 15, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Verse 18, Deuteronomy 15, so the Lord your God will bless you in everything that you do. Okay, he gave us that word before COVID. And by faith, we did a lot during COVID. By faith, we saw miracles. By faith, we built churches. By faith, this house, this house became debt free. By faith, by faith, by faith. And what did God do? I generously will bless you. And you were all spectators, participators in this. You saw this. You know what I'm talking about. You know, as we point to the rehab center, the rescue center we've been in, built in Nepal, Kathmandu Central Church for church planters we built in Nepal, and in Bangladesh, building church for a, a female pastor. Now for a woman who's pastor of two churches that is was once a Muslim that we're building her church. We've seen it over and over and over again. And you, many of you have participated. Some of you have watched. Uh Uh-oh. This isn't my word to you. This is the Lord's word. We're moving forward. He he brought this word back to me. I forgot all about it. I forgot about this dream. I stumbled upon it. And And this week, and David said, share it in the moment when i shared it with the congregation this is what the lord said this is what the what it meant the lord wants to release treasures for you for his kingdom purposes isaiah 45 3 i will give you the treasures of darkness the hoarded treasures and the hidden riches of secret places remember in the dream i go back to the bus and i find the purse in the hidden place but in it is the treasures some of you are holding on to treasures that are for the kingdom of god you say are we in it? do we need money right now no we don't need a cent we don't That's not what this is about. It's about the heart's affections. It's about obedience. It's about saying, I will never serve the blessing. I will always serve the Lord. I will say whatever you ask, whatever you say. I will obey you. This is what the Lord wants you to do. i pray for the this house to be blessed i pray for you to be blessed i pray for your businesses and your careers and your families and your marriages your children to be blessed but we will never serve the blessing we will never bow to a blessing we will not build it up as an idol in our lives We will not hoard the blessings and store it up and let it be eroded. But we will sow the blessings. Come on. I will always... I will, as long as I am a leader over this house, I will always challenge us in this area. Because I, on the other hand, pray for blessing over this house. And on this hand, I am responsible that it is never an idol in anyone's life. Okay, I'm I'm just being real. See, the Lord wants to catapult. Okay, we're coming back to 2023. Catapult. He wants to catapult us. He wants to catapult this church. He wants to catapult their ministries. He wants to catapult us into new territory. He wants to catapult us into new anointings. He wants to catapult us into evangelism and fruitfulness. He wants to catapult your businesses. He wants to catapult your influence. He wants to catapult us. (laughs) He says, I want to catapult you. Pastor Lynn, you're going to catapult people. You're going to be catapulted, and you're going to be a place where we catapult. The Lord wants to bless business contracts, new businesses, new discoveries of new ways to do things. He wants to give promotions. He wants to give inheritance you don't even know about. He wants to give land and property. He wants to give strange inheritances. You know what strange inheritance is? Some sort of like antique thing you don't think is worth anything and, uh, and great aunt Martha leaves it to you and it actually is worth, you go on, what is that, antique road show and it's worth a lot of money. Strange inheritances. He wants to give you favor with people. He wants to give us favor with people who want to sow into the mission over this house, the mission over being a local church, local and global. It's time to be catapulted. The Lord says it's time to be catapulted. Are you ready? You can't be a control freak and be catapulted. You can't hold back to the past to be catapulted. You go forward. You go move forward. I want you to stand. I'M TELLING YOU WHAT, AS FOR ME AND MY HOUSE, DAVID, WE'RE GOING TO BE CATAPULTED. ALL RIGHT, TALK TO MY CHILDREN ON ZOOM, I TOLD YOU THAT LAST WEEK. WE TALKED LAST WEEK ON ZOOM. YOU'RE ALL GOING TO BE CATAPULTED, KIDS, BECAUSE WHAT I ALWAYS TOLD THEM AS FOR ME AND MY HOUSE AND THAT includes MY ADULT CHILDREN, WE'RE GOING TO SERVE THE LORD. (laughs) BUT YOU KNOW WHAT, MY HEART'S AFFECTION IS FOR YOU TOO, FOR YOUR HOUSE. For your people, for your influence, for your business, for your mission, for the anointing God has on your life. It's not just us, but I can't do it for you. And the Lord is saying, and he's telling me, Pastor Lynn, Lynn, you can't do it for them and you need to tell them. You have been taught. Listen, you have been taught. If you didn't know it, you've gotten filet mignon for a long time. Maybe you want a burger now. Maybe you want a cheap hot dog. But you've gotten filet mignon in the Word. You have. Remember Bob Sava? lovely Bob, he'd always come up to me and say, I don't know why there's not more people in this church with the way you guys preach. I said to myself, I don't either, because I preach with everything I got, Bob. Bob, come on, I know you're still cheering me on. He says, I don't know why. And I'm going, I don't know. Because you get filet mignon. The Lord says, you've been taught. You've been taught how to be strong, this house. You've been taught how to walk in authority. You've been taught how to walk in power. You've been taught the word. It's been given to you. It's been showed to you. The faith of your pastors has been shown to you. The faith of what we, we've done in the nations has been shown to you. This is not me. Because he's, he's like, you know what? You know the team in Poland? The team in Poland, the women, called them into my room. I was sick as a dog. Yes, I shared with you, I blew everything all over them to make sure everybody else got kind of sick on some level. (laughs) They all survived. Stronger for it. But in that moment, I called them in and I said, Listen, God is calling us for enlarged territory. But in order for that to happen, we have to be strong. All of us together have to be strong. This house in Morgan Hill needs to be strong. This is a mama house to the nations. We've got to be strong. That's why this word says, your strength and your success moving forward. Listen, you all liked it when I was saying, when I was telling you about new contracts and you all like that. Woo! Happy dance. I don't even dance in worship, but I'm gonna dance to that. Come on. Come on. I'm just kidding. Kind of. Okay. (laughs) Not speaking my language. Woo! I'm just teasing a little bit. Your strength and success moving forward will have to do with your, and the Lord just really highlighted unwavering obedience. see the Lord is outside of time he's outside of time but he knows where things are headed yes. Yes. he knows he's that's why he's called the Alpha and Omega yes. the beginning and the end he knows where things are headed there are churches shutting down pastors leaving associate pastors hard to find nobody wants to be in ministry it's so hard yeah. Yeah. it's happening like with waves in this nation In this nation We're not even talking about A persecuted nation We're talking about This nation And we gotta be strong Oak of righteousness Not Pastor Lynn David Can you be strong for me No You need To be strong Be strong in the Lord And in the power of his might You be strong in the Lord Paul says Unwavering obedience. Right now we're going to pray. That word unwavering, he just kept hitting me. And and it's my unwavering obedience. Lord, I want to have unwavering obedience. Lord, I want to have unwavering obedience. But it wavers when something comes against me. It wavers when the storm comes. It wavers, Lord, when, when I have to sacrificially do something. Sacrificially give. That means only peanut butter and jellies left. That means only beans in a pot is left. Because you told me to give in a way that was sacrificial. It was not the extra. It was the widow's might you asked for. But, Lord, I did it because you said it. Because I'm going to be unwavering. I'm going to be like Abraham who brought up Isaac. His son, his one and only son, that promised son, that he had unwavering obedience. This house, Crossroads, will have unwavering obedience. Together, together, we will have unwavering obedience in our personal lives, unwavering obedience. In our family's life, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, unwavering obedience. In my giving, I will have unwavering obedience. In my ministry commitments, I will have unwavering obedience. In my worship, I will have unwavering obedience. As I read your word, I will have unwavering obedience. I will allow your word to cut away the flesh, to challenge my heart, to challenge the world's philosophies that I have adopted, to tear it away. I will have unwavering obedience. Catapult. He wants to catapult you. He wants to catapult your family He wants to catapult your business He wants to catapult your influence He wants to catapult your anointing He wants to catapult this house He wants to catapult us together with our partners in the nations. He wants to catapult the ministries He wants to catapult us What a privilege, Lord Your us. that's all you're saying to us you're saying I trust you I trust you I trust you I trust you that's why I'm saying have unwavering obedience because I trust you Lord We make a commitment as a house. Lord, we stand on the word. You gave us March 7th, 2020. We had no idea what storm we were headed into. We had no idea what was going to happen. We didn't have any idea what you were going to ask us to do in the face of possible lack. But you were so faithful. You were abundantly faithful. You were miraculously faithful. And Lord, we look to that time and where other people shrink back, Lord. We did not shrink back but we moved forward in you. We said yes to you. And Lord, we're not done saying yes to you. Lord, I pray over this house. This is the... The the people of Joshua. This is the people of Joshua in the new territory. And the most beautiful part of that, after Joshua had said, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, it says that during the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders around Joshua, the people did serve the Lord. And I say over this generation that this will not die with us but it will continue from generation to generation to generation that we would be true, that we would teach our children. We would teach our children not just in word, but deed. Follow me as I follow Christ. We thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. I want you to greet one another. Come on, greet one another. We got more for you. The
7: Can I get the board members up front, please? Is not here today, and Randy. Okay, guys, we got to come this way because of the cameras. I think I'm being told to come. (laughs) So, can we get all the pastors up front? Rebecca, Nick, Sandy. Um. This is the last couple of days of Pastor Appreciation Month, and I'm going to stand over here by Pastor David. We want to maybe shift down a little, so we're, we're all on the camera. But what a, what, a, what a special honor for me to be able to uh, speak first, and I just want everybody to extend their hands, and let's pray over the... The pastors, Lord, Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for our pastors, Lord. Just, Lord, just continue to bless this church. Lord, continue to wash them clean daily in your word, Father God. Father God, that, uh, that they just keep doing your will, Father God. I pray protection over their minds, Father. Protection over their homes and their families, Father. That this congregation will continue daily. To raise them up in prayer, Father. That us as a family will lift them up, Lord, and you will protect them, Father. Send angels, Father. Lord, protect their families, their kids, their grandkids. Bless their great-grandkids that they don't know, Father God. And then ones after that, Father, for generations will be blessed for what they do, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And I get to start with Pastor David, and I was asked just to say something for Pastor's appreciation that he has meant to me, and I I came to the Lord in 2001, and I, I've known several pastors, and I could tell you, the, the and the, the, the one thing I could say, because I thought about this a lot, Pastor David, is you guys have made me accountable for my walk, Amen. you guys have Matured me in a way that I never thought was possible. Uh, I've seen you outside of church. I've been on trips with you, and you guys are the same outside of church as you are in church. You bring it daily. You exhaust me, to tell you the truth. And it, and 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 and, and it's and it, I I know that I know that. But the 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 love you show for us the the protection you give me and my family when uh... things ain't always going right or you you just you're really good at taking care of your sheep you're really good at protecting us and and holding us accountable to the lord because it's all our own responsibility for what we do and that is the real true interpretation to me of a muscle church if we're responsible for our own walk then we're going to be strong. Yes, we're going to be strong together. Oh, we got you something, and you do have to open it in front of everybody.
8: Usually she gets a big package.
7: You don't have to open that, but you can read it to everybody. Can I read it? Sure. Uh, It's a pedicure. (laughs) It's a
8: pedicure. Thank you. Oh, Where is Mike Cameron when I need him? We are Penn State. (laughs) He he couldn't be here. He's in Michigan right now. So Michael, if you're watching this, I'll be wearing this next pastor's, next time I see you, buddy.
7: Don't ever make me uh, look for this stuff again. (laughs) We love you, pastor.
9: Thank you,
3: buddy. All right. Pastor Sandy, um, I just want to thank you for um, for your unwavering obedience in in serving the Lord and in speaking life and love into a new generation. Yes. Yes. So, I think I told you, uh, was it just last weekend? <laughs> Two weeks ago. Um, that the Lord wants to give you rest, and so we are giving you the gift of some spa time. Oh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, Pastor Lynn. <laughs> I want to thank you for your obedience to the Lord to constantly challenge us. And... Um, for showing us what it means to step into the Jordan.
5: Mm.
3: (laughs) And um, for growing a a group of women that are so powerful, that operate in the gifts of the spirit, aren't afraid to, and that um, are showing Jesus' love to a whole new group of women and thank you for always demonstrating what that looks like, always. (laughs) She's also getting a spa gift.
10: (laughs) Okay, so this is for Pastor Nick and also Pastor Rebecca too. I know you're gonna get something else too besides somebody else too. But um, uh, one thing I appreciate about Pastor Nick is, um, okay, It okay. so we, we try to teach the kids that they're individually unique as they are, okay? Be who you are, and that's one thing I appreciate about Nick. He is, you know, uh, he's, he's Nick. He doesn't try to be somebody else. He doesn't try to do his hair red, white, and blue. He doesn't have to... <laughs> Uh, or some other color, or have no hair at all, <laughs> which, yeah, it is, and, um, uh, yeah, so he's just unique, and he's a good example there for that, because of, you know, God made us the way we are, and we have our own personalities, and, and uh, you know, our goodness, and, you know, our traits that, you know, uh, we represent him, and so we... Um, we want to just say thank you for that. And Rebecca, also in there, because she's part of the team, and she is, uh, how do you want to say, like the sergeant at arms when she comes in. Tell, Sit up straight, don't do this, don't do that. Get off your phone, pay attention to Nick or whatever. <laughs> I, I, she, she likes to be bossy, and I don't want to say somebody else that, that way too. So. They like to rule half the world, Uh, (laughs) which is, which is fine. Anyway, so we just want to we we appreciate you and thank you for all you do, in the leadership for the youth which we need, and being a good example as you are, and um, we just appreciate you guys. So.
11: All right, that was great. Uh, took some of my thunder there, uh, Mark. But uh, So I'm here to present to uh, Pastor Rebecca. Um, first met Pastor Rebecca many years ago when you were actually a teacher for my sons in uh, elementary school. So you went from that to uh, becoming a pastor here, which we're all uh, very happy for. Uh, you do so much here, with especially with the youth. Um, I know my children grew up um, in the church and just appreciate everything you do with that you also do the young professionals as well you do the um the worship team which is great uh the one thing i do appreciate uh about you is you do have uh, joy that you bring and you always exude that all the time uh the energy as well um, you're always smiling and you just get a sense of that energy that you know kind of feed off of that and just really appreciate that about you so You're also getting a spa as well, so, yeah, so take care of so. yourself. Okay, and then um, Pastor Shelley couldn't be here, but again, Pastor Shelley is uh, the newest member of the pastoral staff, but um, she's greatly appreciated. She's done, um, uh, filled in for um, a guest speaker for some of the, the sermons here. Uh, she does um, the uh, counseling to uh, people here at the Crossroads. Um, I appreciate that because it's uh, also kind of a um, not only you get like professional counseling, but you have a godly perspective. I really appreciate that about her. She's done um, different, um, uh, would call it uh, classes, uh, I think with the youth and also with the uh, marriage. Um, it was really great. I, I attended, it got a lot out of it. Um, what I really appreciate about her is um, her honesty and directness of things and just telling what you need to hear. And I really appreciate that about her. And uh, just going to that uh, seminar was really great. Just appreciate everything she does. Okay, so thank you, even though you're not here. Mm -hmm. And then Randy will close us out.
9: I know that all of us could go um, right down the line here, you know, and and really uh, talk about the contributions that our pastors have given to us. (laughs) <laughs> I get choked up, but no. But you know me, so that's okay. <laughs> and we keep it real here, right? Yeah. Um, so, what the board has done is given you a, give it a getaway. Um, we were thinking, uh, what could we give pastors that they wouldn't give themselves? So, this is a... Tonight, stay at Avila Beach uh, Lighthouse Suite. Oh, wow. It's right on the boardwalk, right on the ocean. Yay. And a dinner for two at The Lido, which is in Shell Beach, just five miles away. It's a very nice restaurant, we like it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's something we treat ourselves for, so we thought that you would really appreciate that. You. You, know, um, you know, we, we look our lives this is our family you know and and all of you contribute so much into us you invest you give you're constantly giving you know and uh, we just really want to show you how much that you're loved we really really do love you everyone even Rebecca (laughs) (laughs) sorry I know I know I do (laughs) So let me, let me just pray over uh, all of you. Lord, we, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us wonderful pastors, the very shepherds that we, need in our, that we need in our lives, Lord, to be able to bring your word and till the soil of our hearts so that the seed can be planted in us, Lord, and that the Holy Spirit can come along and water it to make that grow. And Lord, we just ask that you would continue to bless each person with good health, uh, the vitality, uh, energies, Lord, that they need to continue the work that you have assigned to them. Uh, give them a refreshing, a renewing, let the joy of the Lord be so strong in their lives to fuel them on, Lord, that the peace of God be upon them in so, such a great and powerful way, Lord, that it's also contagious, Lord. The joy of the Lord is contagious. Laughter is contagious. We know that you laugh at, at the wonderful things that you are bringing about in our lives, Lord. Because you love us so much. It's all about you, Lord. And we are so honored to be able to worship and to, to serve you. And to do the very things that you desire for us, Lord. To, we just can't, Words will fail, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are doing such a great work in this church, Lord, and we know that even in generations to come, that the seeds are going to continue, and the mission that you have given, and the vision, the vision that you have given this church through our pastors, Lord, it's your vision that you're instilling into the heart and in, in this body, Lord, that it will continue through the generations, and you will raise up the leaders that need to carry on that work, Lord. We know that your heart is your desire, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, and thank you for our wonderful pastors. Jesus' name.
6: Praise the Lord! There we go. All right, it's time to give an announcement. It is a new season. Amen. Amen. Welcome if you're a visitor. Welcome if you're a visitor. <laughs> this is a great house to be a part of. We welcome you. You come just as you are, what your journey's about. Fill out a card and you can get more information. We don't give your information to anybody else. Um, mark your calendars. There is going to be a lyric and tech workshop on November 12th. So if you're interested in helping in that ministry, we do need help. Please um, show up to that. Let Randy or Pastor Rebecca know. Listen, in a few days, we're entering into our holiday season, right? November 1st is coming around, and we're going to have our Thanksgiving dinner, one of our favorite events. It's Wednesday, November 15th, 6.30 p.m. Please let Teresa know, Teresa Lopez know what you are going to bring if you don't, know her, you're new to the church, go into the e-newsletter and just uh, press the tab and you can email her directly what you're going to bring uh, one year way back when in our history, in our dark history, we had all desserts. So that's why we plan. It was a dark time for Crossroads. Except for the sugar addicts, they love Thanksgiving, a piece of turkey and all sugar. There's okay, a sign of sheet was in the back. a dark time. So we said we got to have some vegetables. we got to have some side dishes now. Okay, today after service is our annual business meeting. Please, those of you that are members, everybody's welcome to look on. Please come right after service. Sign in and then come in and we'll get that business meeting done. We have nominations for our board elections. All three of these men are men of God. They're all worthy to serve. Danny Benz, David Iwanaga, Mike Martinez. We're going to be voting on which two will continue on as um board members all of them have had board member experience ministry partners of the week we have kieran and samuel in nepal these are the ones that have the living hope children's center the rescue center beautiful people keep them in your prayers they do mighty evangelism as well keep them in your prayers nepal is a persecuted country and thank you for praying for us this month pastoral staff we have felt your prayers Please keep the Middle East in your prayers as well. Um, And the war there, we want peace to come to the people. All right, where's Karen Schmidt? Where did you go? Come on down. We did not forget you. Karen, this is her last Sunday. She is relocating to Idaho. And we want to pray over her. But we are so thankful for Karen and her ministry over the years. She has been in uh, part of our worship ministry with the flags. She's been a part of our prophetic teams year after year. She's been part of our sozo team with Kim Benz. They've gone down to Teen Challenge, and they've done ministry uh, with Teen Challenge people, even the staff. She has been um, sometimes very quiet, but a warrior in the spirit. We're going to miss her so much, but she's still a part of us. She's just going to be in Idaho. But um, we just want you to please just stand, extend a hand towards her. Pastor David's going to pray over her as they relocate for retirement and just safety. But also just, you know, Karen, God's not done using you. And he's going to open up doors for you in Idaho to to be used by God.
8: Father, we just want to thank you so much for Karen and her life. Lord, we thank you that she is not just been a part of our community but she will continue to be a part of our community just in a different location and so lord we just extend blessing over her and her husband and this relocation process father may you go before her and as scripture says to prepare a place for her lord let her find a great church that she could plug into and be as much of a blessing to them as she has been to us and lord we just release her lord to do great things in that, that part of the country lord And Father, we pray protection over her and her husband. I know this week has been a challenge because uh, her father-in-law went to be with the Lord yesterday morning. So we pray comfort over their home, peace over them, God. You are the God of peace. And Lord, your word says your peace passes all understanding. So we just pray that over this couple. We pray, Father, that as they relocate, you will not just go before them, but you will dwell with them. And I pray that that in the future when she tells us the great things you'll do and you've done, that we will rejoice with her. We thank you that we've got a little bit of time with her, but, Lord, I thank you that we could look forward to eternity worshiping with her in your presence, Father. And we thank you for that, Father, in Christ's name. Amen.
1: Amen.
6: Amen. Amen. miss you. Make sure you give her a hug before, uh, yeah, you can be seated. I know your legs are tired. Ushers come forward. Please come forward. It's time to give our tithes and offerings. You know, as I was praying over Karen, I said, catapult. I'm like, I don't want to catapult Karen. I want to catapult other people. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I really am just teasing. I re- really, Brian. Let's bow our heads. So I'm just te- I really was teasing. You can handle a little tease, right? Okay. okay. I love all my sheep. I want to add to them. I don't want to, them to go. Lord, we thank you, Father, for this house. We thank you that there's joy in your house. We thank you, Lord, that there, we are family. It's safe in this house. Lord, we give to you out of obedience, out of worship, joyfully, as we give our tithes and offerings in your name. Amen. God bless you
4: great are you lord
0: it's your breath
2: it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour
8: Thank you all for the, I'll speak on behalf since I got the platform for a few minutes uh, pastoral team. Thank you for your blessing of us. We appreciate it. We do love you. We pray for you. We pray God's favor and blessing on you and pray that uh, God will do multiple, multiple things in your life. Yeah. I just want to pick on one person since they came already from uh, Japan to visit us, Sam Winaga. Yeah. Welcome home. Yeah. Sam is stationed in the U.S. Uh, Navy there. It's good to have you here, brother. Well, thank you for the gifts. Now that you've given us a gift, I could go at you with a word, okay? Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I was just, actually I was at the women's retreat. Uh, I wasn't at the women's retreat, uh, but I'd done, I'd done a ride along with the police department uh, from uh, like 6.30 at night till about 1.30 in the morning. And uh, as I was sitting in the front seat, some of you have sat in the back seat of a vehicle, uh, I was sitting in the front seat. And the Lord spoke to me a message as I'm sitting there having a conversation with this, uh, the officer. And so I want to talk to you about failure to yield. How many of you know what failure to yield means? You know, How many of you remembered uh, February 26, 1999? Anyone remember that date? Anyone still born after that date? Uh, I, I was traveling on uh, uh, Highway 280. Uh, I was driving north on 280. I was uh, somewhere around Hillsboro, Uh, At that time I was a professor over at Bethany College and uh, I was also doing public relations. I was en route to a college fair, which a college fair was to uh, uh, recruit students to the university. And uh, I was driving, and, and I, I set my cruise control at 55 because I had uh, plenty of time to get to the meeting in San Francisco. And I had worship music on, and I was just like singing at the top of my lungs in my car. I don't know who, remember who I was listening to, but I just had worship music on, and I was just singing. And, and I, I was just amazed because there was no traffic on 280. It was just crazy, you know, nobody at all. And all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm worshiping, and I'm in my car singing, and I'm just rocking, and all of a sudden, I got surrounded by three highway patrol vehicles, and they just bl- started blaring on their, their overhead speakers, and I turned my music down, and I'm like, you know, I, I knew I wasn't speeding one of the few times in my life I wasn't speeding. Uh, and, and they pulled me over, to the they said, pull over immediately, and I pulled over, and the guy gets out, and he has this, one of the officers has his hand on his service revolver, and I'm like, what did I do? And he... <laughs> And he goes, keep your hands on the, on the steering wheel. And I, I, and I put the window, it's like, can I put the window down? And he goes, yeah. And I put the window, he goes, you're holding up the presidential motorcade. <laughs> uh, President Clinton had been in San Jose meeting with some tech workers, and they were shutting down 280, but I was going so slow, the presidential motorcade, that was doing like 140 or 150 miles an hour behind me, was, had to slow down. And he said, you know, you were, you were failing to yield to a presidential motorcade. So there I am, your pastor. It wasn't your pastor at the time. But I slowed down the, the, the leader of the free world, just to let you know that. That's the kind of influence I have, you know. So they had me sit there the whole time. And they, like the guy, he, one of the guys was reading off the California penal code for or, uh, code for driving, you know, the vehicle code. And, and I was just like, wow, that's pretty crazy, you know. Uh, but, you know, when you fail to yield, you're not giving the right-of-way to someone else. Uh, have you ever done that? You know, maybe you're, if you don't know this, those of you that are driving, and and uh, uh, I've seen a lot of people that have failed to yield. You pull up to a, uh, a roundabout, you know, the roundabout they just put down here. Uh, the car in the roundabout does have the right of way. If you pull out in front of it, I hope you have good deductibles, uh, low deductibles because you'll need it. Uh, but uh, the car to the right. So when you pull up to an intersection. Uh, the car on the right is the car that gets to go first. That's why they call it a right-of-way. It's not a left-of-way, okay? And uh, I was thinking about that because in relationships, it's, it's very interesting because even in your personal race- relationships, if you fail to yield the right-of-way to your spouse or to your significant other or whoever you're dating, it's going to cause problems. As a matter of fact, there was a study done. Men, do you want to know how to have a better marriage? Yeah. Okay, oh, <laughs> Shelly, if you're watching, we need to schedule another marriage conference like next weekend, okay? Uh, Man, if you're listening, just if you're not spouses, if you're sitting next to your spouse, say, that's your cue to say, yes, pastor, please tell me. Uh, It was interesting because there was a a psychologist from the uh, University of Washington uh, that did a study, and actually the study was published in the Journal of Marriage and Family, and he studied 130 newlywed couples over a course of a long-term study, and he found that the the number one thing to help you men, okay, men, how many of you are there? Let me hear. There's one of you, okay. <laughs> Come on, guys, you got to give me, got to go work with me, okay? We just talked about how we're making you muscle Christians, and you're all sleeping in the light, you know. Uh, he said that it, the, the study showed, listen to this, he says, we discovered that men who allow their wives to influence them have happier marriages and less likely to divorce. Amen. Now the ladies are proud about that. That doesn't mean that they, they get to tell you everything. Isn't that right, dear? Uh, <laughs> but influence is a two-way thing, right? It's if, if you're being influenced by someone, you're going to listen to them and you're going to respond to them. And it's, it's interesting because there's an old saying that, I, I don't know who said it, but I, I heard it a lot in India when I lived there, that a man is the head of the household, but the woman is a neck, and she can turn the head anywhere she pleases. <laughs> you know, the truth is, when we don't listen to one another, we make some bad decisions. When you are making a decision in a vacuum, you're most likely going to make a bad decision. Um, You know, if if you're making a decision that you're not consulting anyone, you're making a bad decision. And I was thinking about that spiritually because a lot of times as believers, we make decisions spiritually without inquiring of the Lord. Or we make a decision that because the Lord did it this way in the past, He's going to do it this way in the present and the future. You know, I was reading the book of Psalms and and one of the things that both my wife and I want to really encourage you is start bringing your Bibles with you um, and reading your Bibles. I I love the fact that we could have the text up here, but uh, that doesn't necessarily substitute the Word of God for us. We want to be people of the Word. Uh, Developing your spiritual muscle in God's Word is going to help you. And I was reading in the Psalms, and I love the Psalms, and I've been going through, systematically reading through scriptures, and I got to Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. And in Psalm 119, it's interesting because there's a a section of Scripture here that addresses this. It addresses the first 16 verses of the chapter address the very subject about yielding to the Lord. Listen to what it says. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. How many of you want to be blessed? How many of you want the blessing of the Lord in what you do? Well, it says if you do that, you're going to walk according to the what? The law of the Lord. Now, we understand that we're, we're living under grace right now, but there is the teaching of Scripture that we need to abide by so that we can walk in a blessed life. Amen? Amen? And then in verse 2, it says, Blessed are those who keep His statutes and seek Him with some of their heart. Isn't that the way some of us live? You know, it's not all of our heart, but according to the Word of God, we have to seek Him with all of our heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts, and they are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all of your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. Do you have to know them all? No, you're in the process of learning them. And all of us are in a journey with the Lord to grow deeper and to, to, to get more intimate with the knowledge and understanding of what he's saying. That's why we come together. That's why it's important for us to be men and women who gather together, as, as Scripture says, as iron sharpens iron. We're encouraging each other to go deeper into the things of the Spirit. And then in verse 8, it says, I will obey your decrees and I will, uh, do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of Purity. By living according to your word. I seek you with my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all... Excuse me, my page turned there. With my lips, I recount all of the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one who rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider consider your ways. I delight in your decrees, and I will not neglect your word. You know, one of the dustiest things in most people's homes are their Bibles. I don't want you to be a person that lives like that. I want you to walk in the favor of the Lord and walk in the blessing of the Lord. And the way that you do that is you have to spend time in the word. You know, uh, it's amazing how... uh, how much time we have for other things that are, that they're, it's not that they're not important, but they're not long-term importance, right. you know, like I, I, tease Michael about, you know, Penn State football, but you know, these kids are, Mike, I have grandkids almost that old. Um, what they do on a football field on a Saturday doesn't impact my life, right. you know, it's fun entertainment, but there are things that will impact my life. The decisions I make and the, in the choices I make and how I live my life right. will really impact my life. Right. If, if, I, if I am living a life of disobedience to the Lord, it's going to have eternal consequences. If I cheer for a team, like, I, I, we have to have a special prayer for all the 49er fans, by the way. The last two weeks have been pretty tough for you, I know. You know, and then your quarterback gets hurt, you know, and some people get, they, they lose it over that, when the reality is we need to be people that invest in things long term, And the long-term thing that God wants us to do is to be people of his word, that we hide it in our heart, that we keep it upon our lips, so that we walk in the knowledge and and revelation of what God wants for us. So I was thinking about that. I was thinking about this. Is it possible for a person to fail to yield to the work of the Holy Spirit after they become a Christian? Yes. I mean, we all know people. Sometimes we ourselves are responsible for doing that. So uh, when I was thinking about this, I thought, well, how do, we, how do we develop ourselves so we don't become people that close our ears to the voice of the Spirit? You know, when you're first a Christian and you first come to faith, you have that, that intense, oh, Jesus is with you all the time, and it's, it's so great.
7: <sighs> we get a
8: little bored of it. We get acclimated to it. My mother used to always say familiarity breeds contempt, which basically means you get so comfortable with something that it's no longer something you are passionate about. And God wants our passion, God wants our, our focus of attention on Him because He will lead us and guide us into all truth and all righteousness. So my, my question is, is, is if, you, if people could fall away from the Holy Spirit, how do we resist, as people of the Spirit, the Spirit that Jesus gave us so we could walk in all knowledge and revelation of who He is? Isn't that a contradiction? You know, you think about it. I, I've met people all the time. I've met pastors that resist the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, I, and if, they're, if your pastors are resisting the leading of the Holy Spirit, guess what? It's going to trickle down to how you operate in the things of the Spirit. The one thing that I, I, will, I will do, someone asked me the other day, uh, hey, when are you going to retire? I'm not. I'm going to retread. I'm not looking to retire. I'm not looking at saying, well, I, you know, six months and four days you know unlike Terry Terry's all excited about retiring you know you retire yet Terry he's officially retired all right (laughs) you know my desire is to to go until the Lord says well done thou good and faithful servant enter into your rest and except when I go down to Avila Beach with my wife then I'll, I'll rest there too but that's a whole different type of retirement you know you see when you begin with the Word of God the Word of God teaches us that we can resist the things of the Spirit Uh, The Apostle Paul told the church in Ephesus, Ephesus was a very spiritually attuned culture. Uh, It wasn't attuned to the things of truth. It was a lot of darkness there because there was a cult practicing there. But listen to what Paul said to the church in Ephesus in chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed until the day of what? Of redemption. So we have been sealed. What does it mean to be sealed? You don't leak. You know, by the way, Mark Perry, if you're listening, you're probably in counting, there's a, a jar of, of uh, homemade, uh, all organic vegetable soup that we brought for you. Mark loves, my, my wife makes this vegetable soup, Mark loves it, so we brought him a quart jar. It's, actually, it's a little less than a quart because some of it's on the back seat because I didn't screw the top on tight enough and it, 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 it wasn't sealed. And what happens when you're not sealed? you leak. And when you leak as a believer, you start operating in the flesh rather than in the spirit. And what Paul is telling the church in Ephesus, quit being leaky Christians. Be people who were sealed in the things of God. Be people that are, 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 are in there. Because one of the things that will happen, he says, he uses the word here, do not grieve. The word that is used there is the, 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 the Greek word lupio, which means it's a deep anguish. It's, it's, a, it's a, a crushing of your heart, a crushing of your spirit. Actually, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which is known as the Septuagint, in the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, it, it actually talks about childbirth. I don't know anything about childbirth. I was a really good Lamaze coach, but except for the fact that I was eating a, a, a bean burrito before, and I was like, breathe. And my wife was really, really upset with me on that. Uh, we're still, she needs, still needs a sozo Kim over that, so, uh, you know, <laughs> probably, right? But when you are in childbirth, it says, Scripture says, and I will make the pains of childbirth. That's the word that, that is used in the Greek translation of it. It's, it's the same thing. It's, it's an anguish. And the Spirit of God is saying to you and I, do not grieve the Spirit. Paul's words were, don't, don't do something that's going to malign your relationship with God because you're doing something where you're not listening to the Spirit of God. Right. And, and so many times as believers, we fall short of it by, because we do something where we say we're people of the Spirit, but it's like, you know, talk to the hands because the ears aren't listening. Right. And God is saying, I want to pull you into a relationship. You know, it's interesting, in the book of John in chapter 21... Jesus is having a conversation with Peter. How many of you can identify with Peter? You know, a couple more of you need to raise your hand uh, just to let you know that, okay? Uh, Peter was very impetuous, and Peter was very, always said what was on his mind before he thought and his brain engaged sometimes, right? And Jesus is talking to him, and in John chapter 21, verse 17, he says this, and the third time Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. The same word. Peter wasn't hurt. He was really ticked off. He was upset at the fact that the Lord and Savior that he vowed himself to follow was asking him not once, not twice, but had asked ask him three times, do you really love me? And, and, and are you gonna, if you love me, you're going to feed my sheep. And so Peter has this, this angst in his spirit. How many of have ever had that? Where the Lord asks you to do something, you're like, oh, I can't do that, Lord. Wait, wait, that's an oxymoron, isn't it? i can't do that lord you know you see we can put out the spirits fire in our life how do we know that because paul told the church in thessalonica don't put out the spirits fire and 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 yet as believers we have the opportunity because of free will to say no lord and the lord is calling us as a people calling us as a community of faith to open ourselves up to be sensitive to his voice. You know, a lot of times as a believer, when you're first a believer, God has to speak in these loud, booming voices. But as you mature, it's, it's, it's the opposite of the way it is physically. You know, my wife talks to me sometimes, honey, I can't hear you. I've listened to too much loud music as a kid, you know. Uh, and you need to speak louder. But spiritually, the Lord needs to speak softer to us. Because he wants our hearts To be attuned to Him, to hear that still small voice, so that when we're prompted to do something, we don't have to say, "Well, I didn't hear Your voice, Lord." No, you have to lean in to hear His voice. And when you're in an intimate relationship with Christ, He wants you to lean in and put your head right on His chest, so He could speak tenderly to you, so He could talk to you and tell you what He wants you to do. And so many Christians are so we're so distracted by everything else in the world, we can't hear the voice of the Spirit. The only way you can get into the voice of the Spirit is spending time in His Word and and, 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 and allow it to transform you by the renewing of your mind and allow the Word of God to saturate you so that when when the voices of the world are screaming at you, you can say, you know, I'm not going to listen to that. This is my guide. Psalm Psalm 119, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a person that is in the Word and allows the Word to mature me and develop me and strengthen me. Second thing is interesting is when you look at Psalm 119, you know, our actions can actually impede the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. You know, as a parent, how many times have you had to say to your kids, you know, your words are saying yes, but your actions are saying no. And as a believer, we need to surrender ourselves. Why do I say that? Because both in the Old and the New Testament, we have examples of that. Look at Stephen. When Stephen was standing before the Sanhedrin, before he was martyred, what was his criticism of the people of Israel? You are stiff-necked. How many of you have ever been stiff-necked? Yeah. How many of you are currently stiff-necked? Okay. <laughs> you know, when you're stiff-necked, you're not mobile. Right. You can't, you know, years ago when I was pastoring up in Seattle, our youth did a fundraiser. And they did a fundraiser of this guy had a property he wanted cleaned up and he was going to give us $2,000. $2,000. And when we, we, cleaned, we got to the property, the house actually had fire damage. So we gathered all this stuff, took it down to the, the landfill, and when the landfill found out it was fire damage, we had to pay $1,500 to dump it there. Great fundraiser. Uh, not only that, but when I was up on a folding ladder, I cut a branch of a tree and didn't realize that way up top there was a branch leading off to the side. And when I cut it with a chainsaw, it swooped under me, knocked the 12 foot ladder out from under me, and I fell on my neck. And the last thing I remember is hearing the, the tree snap and then waking up with a paramedic with smelling salts. And I hit my neck and, and he says, you should be dead right now. And the next day, my neck was tight. And the day after that, it was tighter. And the day after that, it was tighter. And, and then like I was walking around like this, like, you know, felt like, you know, Quasimodo, you know, <laughs> and he had to give me muscle relaxers and I had to go physical therapy and I was so stiff-necked, I couldn't listen to anything. I couldn't sleep. I didn't want to do anything. I was pain in pain. you know. When you're stiff-necked, you don't hear the voices around you because you're inflicting pain on yourself. And, he, and Stephen, look what he says in Acts chapter 7, verse 51. You stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You know what that means? You're not allowing anything to get in. Right. You're deaf. You're tone deaf to what God wants to do. And he says, you will always resist the Holy Spirit. And as believers, you and I, we can't blame the whole. We can't blame anyone else but ourselves. Right. Those of you that are way old, Flip Wilson used to say, "The devil made me do it." Well, I'll tell you what: you choose that day. Yeah. You you have the choice how you're going to respond. And God wants us to respond like Colossians says. Look at what he says in Colossians chapter two. He says, "Look, you're already dead to your sin. Right. If you're if you're a believer, you're dead to your sin." And if you're dead in your sin, all of the requirements associated with that, you're free from. Why? Because Christ disarmed the powers and authorities and made a public spectacle so you and I can walk in freedom. Right. But you can choose right. to say, I don't want to walk in that freedom. Right. Right. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times when we have communion, we'll quote the passage out of 1 John that... that Says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And a lot of times in 1 John 1 9, when we quote that, people assume that's talking about a person that is just coming to faith. But if you take the context of John's letter, John uses a phrase in, in his, his writings. He says, Little children. Actually, in the Greek language, it's to techno. It's, it's kind of like. A a term of endearment that you call your grandchildren or your children, you know. It's it's a a very affectionate term. He's referring to not non-Christians. He's referring to believers that have chosen to walk in rebellion to the Lord. Uh And he's saying, don't you know that the Lord loves you? You're my children. So if you have sin in your life, all you have to do is confess it. And if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just. And he will forgive you of your sins. And not only will he forgive you, but he'll purify you from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad the Lord's gracious? Aren't you glad that you and I aren't the Lord? You know? there'd be if, if some of us were the Lord, there'd be body bags all over the place, you know? The Lord is gracious. And the Lord wants us. And I believe that one of the things the Lord is, is saying to us is the Lord wants us to listen to the spirit of truth. You know? In John chapter 16 there's a passage of scripture where Jesus said that but when he comes the spirit of truth who's he referring to the Holy Spirit he will do what he will guide you into all truth you know we're living in a culture right now that truth is being morphed into untruth and and as believers we need to really challenge ourselves to get into the truth of God's Word You know, I was reading, I was thinking about this, and I I remembered, how many of you know who uh, uh, Blaise Pascal is? Anyone know Blaise Pascal? He's a French philosopher, mathematician, uh, and uh, philosopher. Listen to what he says. Truth is so obscured in these times, and falsehood so established, that unless we love the truth, we cannot know it. Sounds like something you'd read in today's newspaper, right? You know when he wrote that? In the 1650s. You and I are living in a day and era where the truth has been so twisted, it has been so morphed into something else, we need a solid, firm foundation of the Word of God. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth. You know, you want to know what truth is? Filter it through the Word of God. Allow the word of God to be the matrix in which you look at and you allow the perspective of the world to be filtered out. I'll tell you, there's a lot of half-truths out there. You know? And what is a half-truth? A lie. And we have Christians, we have pastors out there, we have people that are supposed to be preaching the word, that are preaching a a version of the word, or as I like to say, a perversion of the word, that are trying to get people to do things that aren't in alignment with this book. And I'll tell you, as long as we're your pastors, we will challenge you to be people of the Word of God. And and let me tell you, it may be uncomfortable for you, but know this, it's out of a heart of love. It's out of a heart because we want you to be the strongest men and women of faith that you can be. Someday I'm going to fall over dead. Not today. Someday we're not going to be around. Someday you're going to stand in front of the Lord. And what's the Lord going to say to you? Is he going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or is he going to say, depart from me, I never knew you? You see, that's the reality of what the word says. These are people in scripture that were going around doing miracles and healing people and all of this stuff. And the spirit of God says, I didn't know you. You know what it comes down to? It comes down to you and I yielding to the voice of the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, every day I will surrender to you. You know, you don't serve this church. You don't serve us as pastors. You serve him. And the Spirit of God will speak to you. And you know what's amazing about the Spirit of God? That something that may be wrong to someone else may not be wrong to you. But if the Spirit of God has told you not to do it, don't do it. I don't know how many times as a pastor I've heard parents say something about their kids. Well, the Lord's told me not to do this, and then they turn around and do it, and their kids look at them like, why? Why Didn't you just tell someone that the Spirit told you not to do this, and then you're doing it? Or I hear people say that, you know, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore because the Lord really convicted me, and then six months later I see them do it, I'm like, McFly, anyone home? Uh, what's going on here? I just can't figure it out. I want to challenge you to be men and women of the Spirit. And that means, Lord, search my heart. If there be any wicked way in me, yeah. cleanse me, O oh God. Cleanse me, O oh Lord. Father, I just want to pray right now. Lord, your Holy Spirit's speaking to us as a church. You're taking us, as Pastor Lynn said, catapulting us, Lord, to a new dimension of re- relationship with you. And, Lord, I want to pray that, God, you would just saturate us with a spirit of obedience to you. I pray, Father, that our ears would not be deaf to the voice of the Spirit. I pray that our hearts would be tender. Lord, I pray that, like, like that study said on a, just a purely physical relationship, when we, when we yield to one another, Lord, that we draw into a better and a deeper relationship. And on a spiritual level, Lord, I pray that as you're speaking to us, we have ears to hear what the Spirit's saying. Like in the book of Revelation where the, the Spirit says, to those who have ears to hear, let them listen to what the Spirit's saying to the church. Well, Lord, we are the church, and so I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us with clarity, and that, Lord, we would be men and women of faith strong enough to obey that voice. I pray, Lord... Like the psalmist in 119 said, Lord, may we abide in the truth of your word. May the precepts of your word be the guiding light for our feet. May our lives be surrendered to you in such a way, God, that we are obedient sons and daughters to the Most High God. And Lord, I pray that as we surrender ourselves to you, Lord, the blessings that come would be a byproduct of our obedience to you. Lord, we don't serve you because we want blessings, but we serve you because that's the right thing to do. But Lord, the blessings come as an after thing for us. So Lord, I surrender each and every one of us to you. I ask and pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would forgive us. And if you right now, if I, as I've been speaking this word, if you just feel that something in your life isn't right with the Lord, that you would just ask the Lord right now to forgive you. This is just between you and the Lord. This is not between me. It's not between the person you came with. This is just between you and the Lord. 1 John says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to not just forgive us of our sin, but cleanse us completely from all things that are right. So, Lord, we just confess right now Lord, I ask for forgiveness in my life. Lord, if there's anything in my life that's displeasing to you, if I've not been listening to your voice, that, God, you'd forgive me, and you would give me ears that hear your voice speaking to me. And, Lord, for each and every person that hears the sound of my voice, may they do the same. And, Lord, we confess that to you because, Lord, we know that you are a faithful God. You are so faithful and so true and so righteous that, God, you want to lead us and guide us into all truth. Truth that will set us free from uh, bondage. Truth that will set us free from depression. Truth that will set us free from addiction. That, God, we can walk in the truth of who you are and and, and know beyond a shadow of a doubt you've already done all the work for us. All we have to do is step into it. So, Lord, right now, I pray with my brothers and sisters, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins. And you would cleanse us, Lord. And now, Lord, you would set us on a new path, a new direction, a new course of obeying you. And I pray that, Lord, we would be people that hunger and thirst after your word. That, Lord, we would be people that are not seeking truth in other things, but we seek truth in the one who is truth, Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we commit ourselves to you, Father, in Christ's precious name. I want to encourage you, be people of the word, amen?